Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. Followed along with me, as always, is my fantastic and sexy co-host, Jared Gifford, (laughs) writer and creator of Darum, Captain of the Stars. I am writer and creator of The Adventures of Tax Cab Joe, Sexy Zombie Hunters, and a title I haven't given out yet because it's too fucking early. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) So... Jared, mm-hmm. we've got some crazy monkey ink business to uh, take care of first. Yeah, let's get let's get that out of the way. Uh, certain, certain announcements. Um, you know, I've been uh, I'm waiting on this one, but uh, you know, I can finally say I'm going to be going to Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. So look for my booth. Uh, you know, I'll be I'll be selling issues of Darum number one, two, and three. Um, and, uh, you know, just, yeah, come out of there, check me out. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, do that too. But, uh, my bad, but, uh, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, you just go to the booth. Uh, yeah. See, see, see what I have there. Tell your friends, you know, um, uh, and then, uh, if nobody's heard about Darum, well, why the hell do they not know about Darum? Tell them about Darum. Hey, I've got an uh, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Where can they find these comics at? Well, uh, right now, uh, you just go to indieplanet.com and you uh, and you can either um, you can either look up Crazy Monkey Inc., which will give you the crazy the entire Crazy Monkey Inc. comic book line, or if they specifically want to look up a title like say The Adventures of Taxi Cab Joe or Darum, just type it into the search box. Holy shit! Yeah. Now. You have a couple of things that you're working on um, mm-hmm. at the moment, but we've got a couple more things of Crazy Monkey Ink business to um, do away with right now yeah. before we get to that. We are getting so close to Romeo and Juliet River of Blood being mm-hmm. done and being able to be out to you guys by Stefano Cardicelli. Yeah. It's amazing the pages he's throwing out and bringing to us with the extra... 20 pages that he decided to throw towards this project. I can mm-hmm. guarantee you the people that pledged and put your money towards it, I know it's a long time coming, but I can guarantee you it is completely going to be well, worth it. Well, and that's actually why uh, Stefano Cardicelli has decided to add in the extra 20 pages. Yeah. He knew that people had been waiting a long time for this to come out. Uh, I mean, over a year, in fact, now. And, 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 and unfortunately, you know, he knows that a lot of, that, you know, a lot of people will be like, ah, you know, maybe this is not being worth it. But, uh, believe me, now that he's going to add some extra stuff, he, you know, this is, this is all for you fans, and this is all for, um, every, uh, everybody who loves comic books. You know, this graphic novel is going to be awesome with the addition of those 20 pages. I mean, granted, it was already an awesome story anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have, like, a sort of, you know, steampunkish slash cyberpunkish version of Romeo and Juliet, and I'm totally looking forward to that. Because we're both yeah. big steampunk fans, so... Yeah. And to have Stefano Stefano Cardicelli, mm-hmm. Cherry Bullet, and Atoli's Finder. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. If yeah. you haven't checked these comics out, these are like gold at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, and, 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 uh, and then also on the horizon um, is, uh, is um, Brian Jail Glass's um, 
Caden Slark is furious. Yes. Um, you know, uh, last week we had seen some amazing new pages from uh, from this project. And they look gorgeous. Oh, they are awesome. And so, like I said, I know it's been a long time coming with this too, but once again, this is going to be so worth it. The thing is, is that Brian J.L. Glass, you know, no matter what you're getting from him, no matter how long it takes for it to come out, you're always getting quality stuff. This is very true. Yeah, I have not yet read, and you know, I'm pretty sure somebody might come out of the woodwork and say, hey, wait, I disagree, but you know, whatever. Um, but the thing is, in my opinion, I have not yet read a Brian J.L. Glass story that sucked. The, the, all of them have been awesome. On another bit of news, uh, Mike Montalvo is near completion with Vorpal number three yep. from Jason Tudor. Yes. And the pages that are being shown by mm -hmm. Jason and by Mike look fantastic. Oh, I, I agree. They're looking for uh, they're looking freaking amazing. Um oh another announcement to give out to people um is uh our our boss Gabriel Olrez Ramirez. Um he and George Hernandez are going to be in San Diego um, it, on May 4th. Yes. Um, sadly, I can't remember the name of the place, so the next podcast I will have that for you. But I do know that they are going to be promoting their new project and also, you know, have some comic books to sell. And the new project that they've been working earnestly on is Cyber Ninja Force. Yes. And it looks... I mean, the pages that I've seen look awesome. Well, and, and, and just, just so you know, for those of you who were, uh, who, who were like, you know, older bastards like ourselves, um, the thing is, is if you grew up with all that, like... The, all that 80s, all that 70s and 80s kind of, um, kind of like, uh, uh, futuristic kung fu stuff. Yeah. Um, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. This is like, this is like, th th this whole movie is like, like, it's like every, it's like, it's like every kung, it's like every sci-fi kung fu ninja movie from the 80s in one comic book. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so, is that... Everything or um, you got something else? No, no. One, one more thing, and this will be for both of us. Uh, okay. Um, um, both Corey and I will be at Comics Plus in St. George on May 4th for free comic book day. And may the 4th be with you. Yes. Yes, may the 4th be with you. <laughs> and uh, and then Corey and I will be selling copies of our comic books. Um, you know, I'll have Darren 1, 2, and 3. Corey will have, cop will have, I'm sure, a ton of copies of The Adventures of Taxi Cab Joe. Praise Jesus. And, uh, you know, um, and then uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, um, uh, we'll, we'll be able to get some poster prints by then. I'm going to try and get oh. some made up. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to try and get some made up of the, the amazing um, artwork that Tone had, that I'd commissioned Tone to do. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be awesome. Um, and uh, hopefully we can get some poster prints of Taxi Cab Joe made out for you. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, if not, that's yeah. fine because I've, I'm going to have enough comics. For sure. Here's what know. I know for sure. For sure, we're going to have our comic books to sell there. But I'm going to make sure that we have some poster prints to sell as well. But either way, check us out. We'll be Comics Plus May 4th. Um, come check us out there. And uh, I think that kind of wraps it up for uh, Crazy Monkey Inc. announcements. I have one more announcement. Okay, go on. 
Along with uh, Crazy Monkey Inc., I'm going to be taking books from Sean, however you say his last name, <laughs> McMahon. No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, I learned how to pronounce his name, and Sean, you'll be totally proud of me on this one. It's Sean McMahon. Now you just make me look like a bastard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's kind of my job. This is true. Um... The great, great thing that's going to be happening at Comics Plus, um, I'm going to be doing the copies that I do have of the indie authors that I've become friends with, and they're absolutely amazing. Sarah Bailey, uh, Katie Hagemon, Sean McMahoney, um, <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul Blake. Yep. All of your books are going to be showcased at Free Comic Book Day right alongside my comic. And to gain you more publicity and more, oh, and, and another person, more I marks, get, another more, person I want to give so, a shout yeah. out. Sorry, another person I want to give a shout out to. Yoda. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, um, I, I, um, once, once, once I can, uh, you know, once she releases some stuff and I can get a hold of it, uh, you know, we can sell that too. But, uh, um, or, or we can at least show that, showcase it. Who? Um, it's uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Anna Hansen. Oh yeah, okay yeah, you're getting some of her stuff. Um, well, once once I can get it, yes. Oh yeah, oh, okay. Uh, no, the, the the thing is, right now I don't know. I mean, uh, right now I haven't been able to get any, but the whole thing is, is no, as, as soon as I can, I will be doing that, and that's what I'm saying. But I wanted to give her a shout out as well because she's actually been very uh, supportive of me, which is really awesome. Because like, uh, you know, she's like really looking forward to my Ronan Brothers project. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then I just announced, um, because uh, because uh, I talked about this a few times, uh, but uh, but I just announced that I'm going to be uh, restarting some stories on Reiner Demon Vanquisher. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, um, and and then the you're starting on the ninth one, right, or the eighth one? Uh, eighth one. I'm eighth one. On that's eighth right, because you had stopped on the seventh one. Yeah. Um, to do your. Uh... Uh, I, to, to, to try some more and more issues of Darum. More of, yeah, and yeah. then after Darum, you decided to you decided to start the project of Ronan Brothers, and then after uh, you got number ten taken care of, you were going to go back and start mm -hmm. back up on Reiner Demon Vanquisher. Yeah, uh, the thing is, yeah, because I have so many projects lined up, and then, yeah. and then, in fact, I, even after I'm done with Reiner, I'm going to be writing my um my I'm going to be writing my sci-fi horror story, which is going to be a full-on graphic novel. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, and then actually ha had several other ideas in mind, but yeah, no, the, the whole thing is, is that my, my, you know, there's, there's, there's no, there's no stopping, there's no stopping and saying, ah, I wonder if I'm going to run enough ideas. No, the whole thing is, um, you know, once I'm done with a project, I'm always jumping onto a new one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one more announcement. I'm so sorry. I swear All to right. God, we are going to get to this fucking podcast. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus, it's going to happen. It's okay. What, what, what's the last thing now? If you have SoundCloud. Yes. You need to check out the Talented Slackers podcast. Gil and his amazing crew of laughable characters do an amazing job of watching a movie and critiquing it just like as if it were Mystery Science Theater 3000. They're hilarious. They're in depth with their knowledge. They're amazing people, and you gain so much insight on the movie that they watch while they're talking. 
that it's almost like you're in the studio with them watching the yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. And, well, and then, you know, and so, you just said even the making fun part, it's just like, it, it brings me back. And I want to at least give a shout out to this because what I love is that they, they actually finally brought it back and you actually have some new seasons on um, Netflix. Yeah. But Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. I, you, know, I, you know, you can't talk about making fun of movies without bringing that up. Come on. Mystery Science Theater 3000 was so awesome. That was an important part of my young teenage years. We were in fucking tears every time we yeah. watched it together we yeah. were just laughing hysterically like these guys are just like yeah. barn on the funniest damn commentators well, we've what, ever heard well, or what, seen. I love, what i love about it was that there were always people who worked on the show that would that would host it because uh, yeah you know, first first um you know um because um because first it was joel and he was on the show for like i'd say five years yeah, and then and then it was Mike Nielsen. Um, and Mike Nielsen was on it for a while too. Yeah, yeah, he was on it for about the same amount of years, five exactly. years. Yeah. Uh, well, in fact, they both worked on the show because Joel was the guy who designed the sets, and um, and 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 uh, and also would uh, um, would do some of the production on the episodes. Yeah, he did. That's um, right. And and Mike Nielsen was the writer. Uh huh. He was the writer of the show. Um, yeah, he wrote every single episode. Yeah, and then uh, and then um, and then the new uh, and uh, the new guy they got um, was somebody that was handpicked by Joel. Um, Wasn't and, it like a mutual friend or something like that? Um, I, I well, no. What happened was Joel was a fan of this guy's podcast because this guy actually has a podcast. Oh, okay, and, that makes yeah, more sense then. And, and this guy's name is Jonah. Okay. Yeah, and he's the one who hosts the uh, the newer seasons of Mystery Science Theater 3000 that they've released on Netflix. Oh, well, motherfucker, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, let's finally get to the theme of this episode. Yes, um, the one we've been putting off for how fucking long now? Oh, uh, about a month. <laughs> at least. Oh, um, I thought it was we're more... Finally, we're, fi <laughs> we're finally going to get to J. Michael Straczynski. Yes. Um, because this man has had many iconic runs, and in fact, I cannot mention this guy without mentioning this. This is the man who invented fucking Babylon 5. Okay? And if you don't know what Babylon 5 is... You're an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> but this, Babylon 5, was one of the deepest and most well-thought-out sci-fi uh -huh. shows that I'd ever seen. It's one of the few shows that could actually um, compete with Star Trek. It was like if Isaac Asimov had written Babylon 5. Yeah. That's exactly how that was. Yeah, so J. Michael Straczynski did really well with that. He really did. Um, but like, all the characters I, 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 were drawn out really this. well. I'd have to actually say this. So okay. I'd give J. Michael Straczynski over Isaac Asimov, and please, I am not mocking Isaac Asimov. Do you want to get stabbed? I, I know. I love <laughs> I love Isaac Asimov, but here's where I have to be honest. Isaac okay. Asimov is very, very descriptive and very wordy. Yes. Reading his stuff is like reading through a, a technical manual. <laughs> and yeah. And J. Michael Straczynski. Thank God is not that wordy. He gets right to the point, which I, I like. He he, ma he makes just as engaging a story as Isaac Asimov, but my God, he's nowhere near as long fucking winded. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still both just as amazing. Yeah. 
We're not knocking either of them. It's just yeah. one is more descriptive than the other. One just gets straight to the point, which I like. And and then, like I said, and then I had to mention that. I mean, like I said, and, and, and uh, one, 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 one of the things I've got to imagine is, uh, you know, I've got to talk about is the fact that, I mean, especially with Babylon 5, is that that's another one that came in my early teenage years. I, I started getting to Babylon 5 about the same time I started getting to Mystery Science Theater 3000. I mean, these were formative shows of my of my teen years. I remember there was a time where Babylon 5 mm -hmm. came on, and then I believe it was the show just right after that, or the, there were a couple of shows after that, mm -hmm. Mystery Science Theater 3000 would come on. So it was almost like you stayed on that channel just to get more awesomeness. Well, actually, they were on two different channels, but it wasn't that far to get, uh, get to them because of, uh, the channels that I would usually have them on was... Um, was Mystery Science Theater 3000, especially back in the day, if you remember, was on Comedy Central. Yes, it was. But then, but then it was... Didn't it the last, to something else? It didn't. No, hold on. It, it was the last three seasons of the show, I believe. Yeah. They switched it from Comedy Central to um, Sci-Fi Channel. That's right. And uh, um, and then, uh, anyway, um, uh, and then uh, Babylon 5... Um, because this is what they used to show most of the Star Trek shows, at, yeah. least, at least when I was a teenager. Babylon 5 would come on uh, Channel 14, which was called K-Jazz. That's right. Um, You're right. And uh, and that was where they would show most of the stuff like that, 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 that I would watch. They would show episodes of like Star Trek Next Generation. They'd show Voyager. They'd show Star Trek, you know, they'd show Deep Space Nine. Um you know, um, uh, and then, and then, like I said, in the part of that whole package, they would throw in between, because I, I believe it used to always come on after Deep Space Nine. Yes, it did, actually. Um, it was, like, the one right after. Yeah, like, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and then you get Babylon 5. Uh-huh. And it was really awesome, and, uh, and then, actually, kind of, uh, like, uh, um, y you know, somewhere in between all that, and then, once again, I I'm gonna mention this one, just because it doesn't get enough due credit. I, I, in between all that, I'd watch, uh, Sequest DSV. <laughs> oh, seriously? You watched that? Yes. That was really good. I love that show. Holy <laughs> shit. Nice name drop, dude. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, uh, in fact, one of these days, I'm going to actually uh, go more in depth on one of these podcasts about that. But once again, back to J. Michael yeah. Krasinski. Um, but yeah, I, I used to watch Babylon 5 um, on KJS. And uh, that was where, because it, it was, it usually would come on right after... Uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Um, and then I'd watch it, and I, what I loved about it was, it was, and you know, a lot, a lot of people, hilariously enough, a lot of people will praise George R. R. Martin for the politics that he has in Game of Thrones, but J. Michael Straczynski was doing that in Babylon 5 way before George R. R. Martin was doing it, and guess what? J. Michael Straczynski didn't kill off as many people. <laughs> yeah, you sick fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got 5,000 characters in one book, and 10 of them stay alive! I know. Fuck you! Who'd have thunk it, right? <laughs> Seriously, Game of Thrones can choke a fat one. Ow, wow. Tell us how you feel. No, I'm not. I'm just going to lie about it. Nah. Gonna, no, in all reality, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I just don't publicize as much yeah. because a there are a couple of my friends that actually laugh at me because of it yeah. and b i haven't gotten to watch the last season before the one that's coming on yeah so i feel like such a horrible got fan for not have seen the seeing the last season i am gonna get to it 
I promise. I've seen every fucking episode except for the last season, and I feel absolutely horrible. I know I'm going to die in my sleep sometime. Mm. He hasn't got the gut. I know, seriously. <laughs> so, once I finally do finish the last season, I'm going to jump into the new one. It's just, I'm not going to be one of those those season hoppers. Yeah. I fucking hate those people. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The whole thing is, exactly, so... So what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna watch the last. You know what? We want to get to find a way to find watch the last season so yeah. you can catch yourself up, and then watch the current season uh, later on. Exactly. Um, and anyway, but back to what I was saying is like, but but Babylon Five to me was a lot like that. It was like Game of Thrones, but without uh, but without a ton of people dying. I mean, you did have some people who died in that show, but it wasn't as frequent. Um, most of the main <laughs> characters stayed alive. Every other scene, someone gets shot. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, that would that would have been that would have been Babylon Five had it been written by George R. R. Martin. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then and what happened was J. Michael Straczynski. Um, not only did he do television movie stuff, but uh, but then he got into comic books, and he wrote many great runs of things when he was in comic books. Like, like he did an amazing... He, he, uh, he did a really awesome, amazing Spider-Man run. And, uh, and, and that actually lasted for, um, about four or five years. Um, but it was, uh, but it was from, it was the early 2000s, about 2000 to 2005, I'd yeah. say. Um, and uh, and he did an amazing run. Um, I will admit, and I, you know, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I will admit, near the end of that run, I didn't like it. But I think that was an editorial decision and not J. Michael Straczynski's decision. But all the stories, at least leading up to it, because this because J. Michael Straczynski's run was the run that ended with Mary Jane and Peter Parker breaking up. Um, because, oh, that's right. Because they had to sacrifice their marriage right. because of Mephisto had demanded. Um, and uh, anyway, but no, that that to me, I blame on editorial. I don't blame that on Straczynski. Uh, Straczynski, but the whole thing is, all the stories leading up to that were amazing. Uh huh. They were awesome. I mean, you know, they, you know, hey, I just threw a pun in there, but, they, but seriously, they were amazing, amazing Spider-Man stories. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no. In fact, he wrote the uh, he wrote a awesome landmark issue of um, of Amazing Spider-Man where Spider-Man actually witnesses the towers getting demolished during the 2001 attack. Oh, that's right, he did. Yeah, and that's a landmark issue. Um, and, and it's really awesome, and, and what I like about it is it, is it, is it treats it very respectfully. You know, um, it doesn't feel like, the, you know, like he's trying to do the cheesy justice thing, like, oh, I'll avenge it, blah, 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 blah you know. No, he, he treats it in a very good, good sort of sombering way, which I like. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm saying. So uh, the whole thing is just like, uh, and then and then also, also, and you, you and I actually talked about him before, both him and his father. Um, um, a, a lot of that run. Um, Silvestri? No. Um, John Romita Jr. Oh, um, that's right. J. Michael Straczynski um, worked with John Romita Jr. on uh, on at least half his run. And John Romita Jr. actually did most of the art for, for that run, right? Yeah. That's right. I remember you saying yeah. something about that in that podcast. Yes. Uh, that's what I'm saying. At least at least, uh, at least, the first half of that run, uh, J. Michael Straczynski worked with John Romita Jr. Yeah. And, and once again... If you don't know who John Romita Jr. is, go back, listen to our podcast on John Romita Jr. 
you know, you'll uh, you'll uh, you'll get to know who the guy is. I mean, buy some of his comics. Yes. Um, but either way, uh, but no, yeah, it was awesome, amazing run. Um, and, and like I said, I think it, I think it gets underrated next to many other, uh, runs, but no, to tell you the truth, the J. Michael Straczynski run of Spider-Man, I like probably about as much as I like the Todd McFarlane run on Spider-Man. Yeah, and we covered that in the Todd McFarlane, um, episode, episode as well, a couple, yeah. about a month back. Uh, well, no, longer than a month. Was it like two, three months, something like that? Oh, several months back. That, that was last year, buddy. Yeah, I know. Time flies. Motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, but no, I mean, that was a great definitive run. Uh, another, but what I like about what J. Michael Straczynski does, especially in terms of comic book characters, is that he, re he either A, reinvigorates them or reinvents them. And like with, with, with Spider-Man, he reinvigorated him because Spider-Man sales were starting to slip in the late 90s, especially after Todd McFarlane left. And Spider-Man was becoming what they considered a B-rated character again. In fact, um, you and I had covered in uh, that one podcast that they were thinking of cutting Spider-Man out altogether. Oh, yeah. Well, in fact, that's when Todd McFarlane came in, saved Spider-Man for a while. But what I'm saying is he was starting to go downhill in the late 90s again. Yeah. And what happened was um, J. Michael Straczynski came in and he reinvigorated the character. Um, and Spider-Man became an, uh, a household word again. He was awesome. And that's what I'm saying. So he reinvigorated Spider-Man. But then one character he helped not only reinvigorate but reinvent was Thor. Because um, he came in and did a, a, an excellent run on Thor. And... Um, and in this one, um, he, uh, I think he put him more in tune with his roots, uh, more yeah. in tune with the way that, say, like guys like Walter Simonson had made him. Mm -hmm. And uh, didn't but, he take over after Simonson? No, because um, uh, no, these were years and years apart. Because uh, oh, really? Well, yeah. Remember, I told you uh, Simonson's run was from '83 to '87. Yeah. And uh, no, no, uh, J. Michael Straczynski didn't start writing Thor until 2007. Oh, so that was like yeah, a couple of decades. Yeah, that it was at least two decades apart. Oh, um, right. well, never mind. Yeah, you know they had several different awesome writers in between because mm -hmm. after Simonson they had Tom DeFalco. Yes, and I and you know and a lot of people overlook his run, but I think he did a really awesome runs in there because he because uh, he he he's the one who he did the uh, um um God see now now I'm putting it on the spot again and I'm forgetting, but it was um. He he um he did three uh three awesomely defining stories in my opinion. He did one he he did uh he he did one story in which uh in which Thor searches for his father um Odin because what happened was it was believed Odin had been killed in an attack against Surtur uh, during the Simonson run. Yeah, and he didn't believe and, that. And uh, well, no, what happened was it was found out that he had actually been captured. Yeah, not true. and uh, and uh, and and then uh, um. It was this uh, sort of um, Egyptian um, kind of sorcerer slash magician who had uh, um, who had kidnapped him, yeah, and uh, um, and was trying to siphon siphon his power. Uh -huh. No, it's actually a really good story. And then um, the um, God, what was it called? Um, I think it was called the Black Galaxy Saga. And um, and in this one, it's kind of a, an extension of an old. Um, uh, Stanley Jack Kirby story, and uh, what happens is is uh, there's there's this um, there's this guy I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to um, 
reread it, but I forget his name. But he's he's a he's a character that um, he would um, he would he would go to planets and he would create his own civilizations, his own sort of artificial people. Oh, okay. And um, and what had happened was um, um, during the uh, during this uh, uh, what had happened was he was trying to create this whole army to. Um, to basically take over the universe and, uh, and, and basically, uh, Thor and, 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 um, and, uh, and his friends, you know, like the Warriors 3 and Sif, uh -huh. um, they, uh, they, you know, they basically, uh, stop him from doing it because what he's trying to do is, like, replace humanity. <clears throat> um... And, uh, anyway, but yeah, no, uh, he had done some great stories, um, and, um, you know, um, even though some, some people don't like this, um, uh, I, I like some of the stories that were done by, um, uh, that were done by, uh, Warren Ellis and, and, uh, and, and the artist Mike Diodeo. Yeah. Um, uh, not, not Diodato, sorry. <laughs> it's with a T. You're good. <laughs> um... And, uh, anyway, um, but, but what I was saying is, you had some, what was considered subpar runs on Thor. Like I said, I like some of the stuff, but then I mean, I'm a Thor fan, so I'm biased. But, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, when he came along, he helped reinvigorate and reinvent the character. He basically made Thor cool again, he brought him back to a lot of his Asgardian roots, um... And then, and then I kind of just like it, just because it was just out of place and just so like J. Michael Straczynski, is instead of actually just putting them, you know, in um, in the nine realms, yeah, and then putting them in the, you know, like in the heavens, um, Thor decides to resurrect Asgard right right above right above a small town in Oklahoma. <laughs> I know it's so freaking hilarious. <laughs> Is this before or after the Broadway play? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it's actually really good. Just read it. And in fact, uh, one scene I'd shown you, um, and and this, uh, you know, and, and this is why you need to read the run again, is um, I love the scene because what happened was when he brought Thor back. This was during the time that was like it was um, it was during the time of Civil War. Okay. So we, uh, the first uh, well, one, or the second well, one. Well, the first one. It was shortly after. Oh, okay. Um, this was when. Um, this was post Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was. It was. It was when. Uh, it was when Captain America had died. Yeah. Um, and and you had uh, Iron Man going around trying to force this superhero registration act. Oh, that's right. Um, and uh, what had happened was, um, because because to to try and briefly cover this. Um, in 2005, um, they had done a Ragnarok story for Thor. Because what happened was Dan Jurgens had this really long, awesome run on Thor, which I liked. Um, and then at the end of his run, um, and then in the uh, Thor disassembled storyline, which was actually drawn by um, one of one of our favorite one one of our favorite artists, Michael Avon Oming. He actually drew Thor disassembled. No disassemble Thor. <laughs> Oh, shut up. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Freaking short circuit reference. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, 
No, but in that storyline, which was basically supposed to be about the coming of Ragnarok, yeah, um, Michael A. Von Omen actually <laughs> had drawn that. Um, and uh, anyway, in that storyline, all the uh, basically the gods had fallen, everyone was dead, and yeah. basically um, Asgard ceased to exist. Anyway, during that time, um, certain things happened. What happened was, um, somehow Tony Stark was able to get a bit of Thor's Asgardian DNA. His escargot? Shut up. <laughs> and then he actually made a cybernetic Thor out of it. Um, but this Thor, sadly, went crazy and actually killed a bunch of Avengers. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I thought something horrible was going to happen. Oh, wow. <laughs> but then anyway... What happened was Thor came back shortly after that, found out about it, was pissed. Yeah. And then what happened was then then Tony Stark comes like sniffing around like after um after Thor had brought Asgard Asgard back and 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 uh, several of the Asgardians, and uh, basically um, Iron Man tells him uh, uh you know uh. It tells him, oh, you got to pick a side, you man. You know, it's like, a, you know, you, uh, and then uh, anyway, what happened was uh, Thor by this time had had ample time to study up on what was happening in his absence. Yeah. And uh, and basically, I love it because Thor was pissed off at what had happened between Iron Man and Captain America. Because for those who don't know, because it's not in the movies, but in the comic books, Thor and Captain America were very good friends. Uh-huh. And, uh... And, and, in fact, uh, Thor and Captain America shared many ideals, as like especially when it came to like things like justice. Um, and, uh, anyway, what happened was, uh, you have Iron Man, he comes in and swoops in and basically tells him, it's like, oh, no, you got to pick a side, and, you know, superheroes need to be registered, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, Thor beats the crap out of him. I mean, I love it. Oh, it's he so beats freaking... the shit out of him. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, he does, and then I love it. Then he like rip, and he like rips his helmet off like a fucking tin can. Yeah. And then, uh, and then anyway, um, and then anyway, uh, uh I love it. And then he go, he sits, he sits like uh, a freaking Tony Stark down, and then he tells him, um, and then he tells him, um, um, he said, Asgard is neutral. Um, don't give me any cause to change that position. <laughs> Wasn't that the same? Uh, wasn't that the same talk where he'd put Mjolnir on his chest so he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to move, and then he talked to him. Um, I don't know if he actually put it on his chest, but I just know that what happened was he, he beat the shit of him. He didn't have any strength after none. What I said was he ripped his helmet off. Yeah, he ripped his helmet off, and there's like a bloody Tony Stark, and then he uh, basically tells him Asgard's neutral. Don't give me cause to change that position. And uh, and no, and then and then uh, and then uh, just another. It was like adding insult to injury, which is so great. And then uh, and then uh, and then uh, Tony Stark says to him, "He's like, what you do? He's like, you know, it's like my uh, he's like my engine's been destroyed. How am I supposed to get home?" And then Thor says, "You have legs. Walk." <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember you showing me that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you made me read that that one night. Now yeah. it's freaking. I was tits and tears about it. It was so hilarious. <laughs> and like I said, then that was just a part of what made J. Michael Straczynski's run on Thor so great. Because mm -hmm. he reinvigorated the character where he didn't take anything away. He acknowledged his background, but then he made him more awesome for the future. And he made Tony Stark look like a bitch. Yeah, well, which he should have, because during that time period, Tony Stark was a bitch. That's right. He was being a little asshole. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, anyway, uh, and, and, then, uh, and, then he, and then he also... Can, uh, then he also constructs this really um, great plot where basically what happens is 
Thor, he would bring the characters back, and then um, for the most part, they would they would come back as they were. But what happened was there was a problem when he tried to bring Sif back, because when he brought Sif back, what happened was um, Loki's spirit um, had basically um, um, Loki's spirit had basically come down and uh, taken over Sif's body. Yeah. And so basically, what you had is a female Loki. Um, and then um. So she was a low-key Loki. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, anyway, what happens is uh, Loki actually uh, goes and makes a deal with Doctor Doom, and uh, and and um, basically uh, lets Doctor Doom knows like, hey, if you help me go and uh, take over Asgard and and uh, dethrone Thor, um, basically, um, you know, I'll let, um, you know, um, I'll, I'll let Asgard and Latveria become, uh, become allies and we can, uh, and, you know, and, and I can, and I can help you, you know, um, take, you know, take the world as, as you want, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, no, and it's actually really awesome. And, uh, it led into some really cool storylines because there's one that led into, which was called Siege, which was really awesome. Because, uh, in, in, um, and, and, uh, cause what happened was this also came out during a time when, um, you know, I have no idea why they did this cause it was stupid, but, uh, um, cause you know, I don't know why the government would hand the keys to Norman Osborn, but what happened was Norman Osborn, well, there was a time when, um, Tony Stark was, had been become director of shield because they, what had happened was, um, Nick Fury, had been ousted as director of Shield because the you know because of a secret ops mission he had done. And yeah. Basically, um, they said, "Oh no, we can't trust you," so they ousted him as um, director of Shield. Then Tony Stark was director of Shield for a while, but then after the Civil War fiasco and the fallout from the death of Captain America, yeah, they basically kicked Tony Stark out. Basically said, "No, you suck as Shield director." And then and then, but here's where they made this really even more stupid decision. I mean, at least. For Tony's all of Tony Stark's faults, at least at the end of the day, you know he's a good guy, and you know he, um, you know he means well, and he can blow shit up. Yeah, but then they go and they hand the keys to fucking Norman Osborn. They go and they go say they go say, oh hey Norman Osborn, he's a swell upstanding guy. Oh forget all that Green Goblin shit. He, you know he's he's totally cool now. And then yeah, and then he and and then he um and then what happens is he becomes director of Shield, changes the name to Hammer, yeah. And then and then here's here's how you know that he's a fucking bad guy. So like that Norman Osborn then brings in guys like like fucking Bullseye and MC Hammer. Uh, no, because the Hammer time. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I'm saying he brings in fucking Bullseye. Um, you know, uh, which we all know is like freaking Daredevil's villain. Um, yeah, and he's a dick. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, uh, he brings in Dakin, which is Wolverine's evil son. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and basically he assemb- he assembles a team of supervillains. Supervillains, you know, and it's like, what, nobody saw that this was a bad thing? I mean, uh, this is what I always would say, just like, man... These, the, you know, the government types in these stories must be real idiots. But then, then again, I'm not unlike our current, not unlike our current uh, uh, um, set of politicians. You might, one might say. <laughs> That's right. Norman Osborn was putting the hammer down, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you're not wrong. Um, but then, like I said, but, but what I liked about J. Michael Straczynski's run on that is, yeah, um, he uh, his story played into that. What you had was basically villains that were taking power, and the heroes were actually starting to be needed more than ever. They had violins? <sighs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> Anyhow... But I'm saying, so the, but no, his run was actually very great and definitive that way. And then, and then I cannot go through this entire podcast without mentioning his uh, the graphic novels he did of Superman Earth One. I mean, you could go through the podcast without mentioning it. Well, I'm going to mention it anyway. No, but they're <laughs> no, they're some of his best work. I love it. I mean, no, that's one thing. If you want some great. Uh, some great Superman stories, and if you want a good definitive one, let me put it this way. If you're not familiar with Superman, I would actually say start with uh, Steve Michael Straczynski's Superman Earth 1. This yeah. is actually a good book to start with because it goes through Superman's origins. Um, so no, that's what I'm saying. It's like if I were to, if I were to, if somebody would come to me and, and ask, what would you suggest as a definitive Superman book to start with? I would say that. I'd say start with Superman Earth 1 because it, it's actually a good way for you to get to know who Superman is, what his ideals are, and what he fights for. And end with the death of Superman. I know that yeah. sounds dickish, but the only reason I say that is because the run right after that with the five different iterations... Oh, The Return of Superman. amazing. No, I, I, actually, that would be my second choice. What I tell people is that if you're going to start out, I say, very first off, read all three volumes of Superman Earth 1 by J. Michael Straczynski. Yes. That way you're familiar with the character, and then... If they wanted a second follow-up story, I would then suggest what you said. Death of Superman and Return of Superman. Yes. <laughs> and also, to throw that in there, Death of Superman and just right after that would mm -hmm. be Funeral for a Friend because that was the iconic... Yes. Issue. Well, it was it was the in between because yeah. what you had was it was a continuing story because what you had was first it was the death of Superman. Yes. Then they did funeral for a friend in exactly. which and in which you had several different characters that uh, sort of took the reins of the Superman titles because uh -huh. they still had them going because there were four Superman titles going at that time. You um, technically five if you counted or uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Technically five if you counted Supergirl at the time as well. So, but, so you had like, um, but you, but what you had with the main Superman titles was you had Action Comics, the Superman, the Adventures of Superman, and Superman the Man of Steel. Yes. Um, Didn't you have Superboy too? Um, he came after. Um, um, uh, Return of Superman. Remember? That's right. Yeah, because that's, that's right. where they that's where they introduced that iteration of it. Because what happened was they this had is true. Um, because that's when you had because remember in '85 you had the Crisis on Infinite Earths, which canceled a lot of titles. Yes, they'd, they'd uh, um, and 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 they'd actually and they'd actually stopped the Superboy title. Um, because because uh, prior to that, Superboy used to actually be about Superman and his youth. This is true. Um, but then what happened was when they re reintroduced him in the early 90s, um, they basically made him a clone of Superman. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, anyway, um, anyway, what I'm saying is, don't. During this point, you had four main Superman titles. Like I said, they, had, uh, they, had a, they, had, they also had Supergirl, but she had her own book. 
Um, I don't. I know you do counter, but I don't because it's not exactly in the iteration of the Superman title. Actually, no, no. Actually, I was saying I didn't. Oh, okay. The whole thing is no. I'm saying main tier Superman titles, the ones that were that would feature Superman, were those four. But what happened was they had to have characters fill them in during the time when Superman was dead. Okay, that's what you're yeah. right. That's what yeah. you're yeah. alluding to. Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. The, the, but I'm saying it tied into this event you were talking about. Yes, and, uh, I said, uh, but it was, uh, and then I said they had action comics. They had Superman, The Adventures of Superman, and then Superman the Man of Steel. They had four main baseline Superman books. Mm -hmm. um, and then that all led into the whole Return of Superman story. And then, like, because, and then, uh, and then you notice, like, the ones that were, uh, that, that they had, like, the, the so called replacements for Superman. Each title would be a different character. Like, one, uh, I, like I said, I can't remember which one was which, but, uh, but we have one title that 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 uh, featured Superboy. You had one title that featured Steel. You yes. had one title title that featured the Eradicator, and then you had the one title which featured Cyborg Superman, um, and, uh, and then it led into that. But anyway, but the, but I'm saying it's like, but J. Michael Straczynski. What I'm saying was with his Superman Earth One run, um, those are great standalone Superman graphic novels, and they're a great way to get into Superman. As I said, if you are completely unfamiliar with Superman, they are the perfect place to start. The perfect place to start because, as I said, it's a great Superman origin story. But what I like what he does is he updates it for the modern era. He doesn't give you the same exact Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster story that you got in 1939 because that was meant for a 1939 audience. Exactly. What he does is he gives you that that Superman origin story, but he updates it for the he, he updates it for the, uh, for the for the young crowd of today. Um, um can we jump into? Comic and book recommendations. Oh, actually, real actually, quick. no, actually, no. We can do that right now. You know, in fact, uh, in fact, uh, I was actually going to wrap up because that's that's all I need to say. Um, the whole thing no, you're is, good. Uh, the whole thing is, no, the, this covers a lot of uh, J. Michael Straczynski's career. Um, the whole thing is, it's not everything, but uh, these are the, some of the titles that are important and near and dear to me. Um, and uh, like I said, um, and when you get the chance, you need to check out those Superman Earth One books, Corey. <laughs> Oh, I will. Yeah. I definitely will. Um, but no, I, I just wanted to do, do the selections that were near and dear to my heart. Um, and like I said, and then, and then for the love of God, if you do watch, if you get, you get into anything J. Michael Strinsky, even if it's not his comics, watch Babylon 5 for fuck's sake. I mean, seriously. If you're, yeah, Babylon 5's got to be one of the best sci-fis they've ever come out with in a long fucking time. So. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you tell everybody that this was an adult podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why you were swearing so much. Uh, if somebody doesn't know that by now, somebody has not been paying attention. Like, oh, I better tell little Jimmy, my five-year-old, hey, listen to this wonderful podcast. Like, oh, God, dear Jesus, I didn't, I didn't know they were going to say this. How dare you? You traumatized my boy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, because um, we're so fucking saintly, right? Uh, well, of course we are. Seriously. As, as, as white as a pure driven snow. That's been shit on. <laughs> smeared across town. Anyways, uh, but no, I think now's a good time to get into comic book and book recommendations. I'll start off this time since you started off last time. And, um, <clears throat> shut up. <laughs> anyway, go on. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're a horrible I've been, I've been a shithole this entire podcast. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm going to suggest I'm gonna suggest the book, uh, and, and it was something that uh, I got into when I was a teenager. I started reading a lot of the Star Wars novels. And um, what? And, and then and there were... In fact, I kind of I kind of recommend two two books just because I kind of went together. Are you talking about the EU? Um, yes, yeah, part of the extended universe. Okay. Um, but they were the um, Han Solo and Lando Calrissian adventures. Lando Calrissian adventures for the EU is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, I was gonna say, and, and, and I love those ones. So you know, if you want some great standalone Lando Calrissian or Han Solo stories, these are great because that they don't really. Link into any specific movie or timeline. They they're really good because they just stand on their own. Uh, I mean, you get Han Solo, you get Lando Calrissian, of course. But but the whole point is, is these you don't have to read these stories. You don't have to. You wouldn't have to have seen the movies or read any of the uh, or read any of the comic books to understand these Han Solo and Lando Calrissian stories. They were just really great standalone sci-fi stories that were just great on their own. This is very true. Both yeah. of those were amazing. Oh yeah, and, uh, and 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 I like kind of stories like that that you don't actually have to have a reference point. You can just jump into them. Oh, and the standalone uh, Leia trilogy too. I'm gonna have to go check that out. You that need to read that one. That I, one's I, really good. I no, I missed those, but uh, but no, but but I but I will admit, uh, but the, the, some of my favorites, and I and I said I got into them when I was a young teenager. But yeah, yeah the Han Solo uh, adventures, and then the Lando Carizzi adventures. No, check those out. Really awesome. Like I said if you're a big sci-fi fan, you'll love it. And now with my comic book recommendations, um, I'm gonna suggest this because I just barely got it. Really awesome, big, thick ass book, um, but it's the um, it's it's the eighty years of Batman book. Oh, that's um, right, you did. I did, and uh, what happened was uh, every year, and I even got the eighty years of Superman, which they came out with last year. Um, but uh, but um, but yeah, because last year they came out with a anniversary compilation for Superman when he first came out, and then they and had, you got and, that one. Yeah, and then now I've got the Batman one, uh, which recently came out, which is to celebrate eighty years of Batman. And for those who aren't familiar with it, what it is is big. It's a big thick compilation, and it basically takes what people consider some of the best Batman stories that they've come out with over the years. Um, and, and kind of, and kind of gives you a glimpse into how Batman has changed over the years. Cause it starts with his, um, his late 30s stuff, um, goes into like, uh, the, the you know, the, uh, some of the World War II stuff, um, then, um, uh, and then the, um, then the Silver Age, starting with the 1950s sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the 1960s slash campier version. And then, and then I like this, and then they got some really cool choice stories from the late 60s and all into the 70s era, which has some of my favorite stories from guys like Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams. Those are some of the Batmans that I grew up with, which are freaking awesome. Um, and, um... And uh, um, and then they go into uh, some of the uh, '80s Batman stuff, which were uh, which were written by guys like, well, and I'm gonna name drop him again, Walter Simonson, because he did he did a Manhunter crossover with uh, Batman. Nice. Um, and um, and then um, and then they uh, and then they have some stuff which was uh, written by uh, guys like Jim Starlin, um, and uh, you know and and. Sort of once again the Batman you and I grew up with, 
And then they've got and, and then they've got some choice stories from the two thousands. Um, and, uh, and then they actually end with a story and you'll like this done by one of your favorite artists. Um, and also a writer that you and I admire is like, they got, um, they got, they got a story which was written by Scott Schneider, but, um, but the art was done by Sean Murphy. Oh, nice. Oh, I remember that. It was Sean Murphy did a black Knight. No, no, you're thinking of White Knight, but that was White actually... White Knight, that was White Knight. But no, but, but that was done with a different uh, writer. Yeah. This, was, this one was actually done for Detective Comics, because what happens is, is it's celebrating 80 years of Detective Comics. Oh, okay. Not necessarily the Batman title, but Detective Comics. That's right. And this was a story that had run in Detective Comics. Gotcha. Um... And, uh, but no, what you're thinking of, which I also highly recommend was, is the, uh, um, is the one, uh, is the one that Sean Murphy did, um, uh, with, uh, White Knight and, uh, that, but I said, but that had a different writer. Um, but no, I said this one was done for detective comics specifically. Okay. Um, anyway, um, those are my, uh, recommendations. What about you for your, uh, novel and comic book recommendations? For my novel recommendation, I am almost done with this book, and I gotta tell you, with how well it's written, and just the language it's written in, it's gorgeous. The Awakening Book One by Katie Hagemann. Oh, nice. Is such a beautiful adventure that you could literally get it for your teenager. There's... No bad language in it. It's just a well thought out and eloquently written book by this amazing friend and author that's got two children's books yeah. that you can get on Amazon.com if you look her name up. But this YA book of hers that's yeah. be going to be coming a series and the second one's going to be coming out soon. Yeah. And I'll let you guys know when that happens. It's so beautifully written, and mm -hmm. I love her to death. She's an amazing person. She's a phenomenal writer. Oh, yeah. She drags you into the story. She sits you down the seat, <laughs> and you don't want to peel your eyes away from it until you're tired and it's falling out of your well, lap. No, that's the mark of a good story. That, and it's actually, I'm actually going to be reading it again until the second one comes out because nice. it's that enthralling of a story. Oh, nice. Well, uh, what about your comic book recommendations? Comic book recommendation, I'm going to have to go with an old one. Awesome. What is it? And this is one before your and my time. Mm-hmm. Because oh. this one came out in the 50s. Nice. I believe it actually came out earlier than that. But it was when Dick Tracy... 1930s, actually, was yes. when that first came out. When he um, was going against the mobsters, mm -hmm. and he first ran into Flat Top and Tommy uh, Gunn. Oh, yeah. Well, he was... Uh, and, and for those who don't know, and I'm going to give him a little bit of a history lesson, but uh, and Corey knows this because he, he knows Dick Tracy a lot, but the, Dick Tracy was one of the first characters that actually had really... Um, sort of interesting but fun names for his villains. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you, you know, I mean, things like even He-Man, oh, uh, like, because He-Man's got guys like Ram Man and... 
Well, no, and 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 then Merman. I'm so sorry. Uh, and uh, you know, Evil in and uh, and Skeletor. No, but I'm saying. God damn. I know, I know, but but characters like that. Characters like that actually owe their existence to characters, as you said, from Dick Tracy, characters like Flattop, you know? I mean, guys guys like that, because, I mean, think about it. I mean, he was a guy who had a flat head. Exactly. <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> and then, and then uh, anyway, but then they also had, they also had the faceless man, which hilarious enough was a guy who had no face. Yeah. <laughs> Hence why they called him Faceless, Faceless Man. Man. Exactly. But my point is, is naming villains like that actually started with things like Dick Tracy. Exactly. And Michael Avon Oming, bless his heart. Awesome. He is doing a run of a new Dick Tracy run. And uh -huh. he's drawing it and he's doing such an amazing job. It's going to be awesome. I am definitely getting this. I am tickled every color of the rainbow that he's doing this. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm pretty excited about it as well. Um, anyway, uh, I, I do want to get to uh, one last announcement before we do wrap this up. Um, we don't do hugs in this podcast. No, we're not doing that. Oh, okay. No, actually, what I want to tell and this <laughs> is going to be this is going to be something that I think is going to uh, make make a lot of our British fans happy. Um that uh, but Corey and I are going to be doing a podcast talking about 2000 AD, the awesome British comic book publisher who's responsible for stuff like Judge Dredd. Who's Judge Dredd? Okay, get out. <laughs> You're fired, damn it. I'm taking over this podcast. Get out of the fucking vehicle. <laughs> That's it. Who's Judge Dredd? Anyways. <laughs> Um, anyways, yes, so next podcast, we are going to do, a, uh, we, we're going to talk and discuss 2000 AD and some of our favorite creators who come out of there and some of our favorite stories and comics that have come from the magazine. So, no, definitely be excited for this one. Now, I'm going to close with our link again for our comics at www.indieplanet.com. Type in Crazy Monkey Inc. You can find Darren, Captain of the Stars. Yep. By this lovely individual right over here. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and then you can find The Adventures of Taxi Cab Joe by this crazy ass. And this sexy man, too. That's right. And also, we have a plethora of other amazing titles, such as Midnight's Avenger by Old Raz himself. We got Death Squad Zero. We've got... Atoli's Finder, Cherry Boat. Yeah. Uh, oh, Monsters on the Run. Monsters on the Run. Five Star. Five Star. We've got... Um, we've got a ton of stuff we can't remember right now because but the whole point is we've got a ton of stuff that's worth waiting for, worth looking forward to, and stuff out right now that you just, you just need to read. It's something for everybody. Are you alluding to the fact that we're getting old? Well... Not so much, but hey, uh, you know, if you if the shoe fits, I guess. <laughs> but the whole point is, is we've got something for everybody. Yes, we do. So, no, definitely check it out. Um, go to Indie Planet and just, just type in Crazy Monkey Inc. That's Inc. with a K. Yes. And you will find the entire our entire line of comic books and just, yeah, just 
and you know, just check them out, find what you like, buy them, support all your uh, independent artists, and you know, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that and basically say it's been nice talking with all you people. Uh, definitely appreciate the support, and we will be here next time for our special on 2000 AD. Amen. You guys have a fantastic night. We will see you next Saturday. Be good to each other. Don't be dicks. <laughs> have a good night.